0: What's going on, folks? Another week, this is the Live Life Aggressive Podcast, Sincere Hogan, and my man, Mike Mahler's on the other line. What's going on, dude?
1: Oh, I'm doing good, man. We got a really cool guy, a guy I've been friends with for many years on the show today, but before we introduce him and have a great discussion with him, let's go over how you can support our show. I mean, we're well over 100 episodes on this show now, and we need more reviews on our iTunes page. So the first thing you want to do is before you do anything today is go to iTunes and give us a great review. Tell everyone how good the show is and then start sharing episodes on Twitter, Facebook. Don't just email us privately and say, "Man, I'm a big fan of the show." That's great. We appreciate that, but share the wealth. Get it out there. Also, use coupon code LLA to get 10% off any of my nutrition supplements, the best natural testosterone booster, the best recovery oil to help you sleep at night, the best recovery supplement, my Restorezyme, Get rid of those aches and pains, improve your joint health. And by the time the show comes out, my estrogen blocker EC should be out. And this is an exciting product that both men and women can use to help block high estrogen levels. So in men, it helps block conversion of testosterone to estrogen and drives down harmful estrogens. In women, it improves the progesterone to estrogen ratio as well as improving the good to bad estrogen ratios. So anyway, there'll be really detailed information about that on my website. So check that out. And how about with you, man?
0: Same thing, man. Hop over to newwarriortraining.com and use the same coupon code LLA. Get 10% off of any of the products over there that you can purchase, whether it's my bodyweight training DVD, which comes with a nice little starter program for you. So that's perfect for this time of the year for everyone looking to get a little reboot to their program. And for some of you who are kind of recovering and need to take a break and back off a lot of the weights and you need a little change and something just to be a little bit more interesting and just like I said, just add a little change to your programming. Well, this is a good way to go. So definitely pick up the DVD. You can get it in a physical copy or a digital copy, as well as my weight management one-on-one, another great idea for this time of the year, and also a great gift. So you don't have to have it for yourself, people. Even if you already have it, someone else could use it. So don't bootleg it and then give them a copy. I'll fi- I will find you. Okay, I come from the hip-hop world. Bad things happen to bootleggers with people who have a hip-hop mindset. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All you have to do is YouTube bootlegger and hip-hop and see what happens. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I'm not. Okay, so you have that. And also, it's getting cooler outside as we speak right now. It is like the temperatures dropped 20 degrees today right here in Houston. So what that means is time for warm beverages out there. So great time for coffee. And great time for some good coffee. So you can pick up my pour over stands also at my website at New Warrior Training and get 10% off of those as well, as well as anything else you find over there that you can purchase. All right. So use that coupon code and also get back to those reviews, people. Yeah. Make sure that you do share them with everyone. I know some of you are listening to the show right now. If you're out and about, you're jogging, you're working out and you may not be by your computer necessarily right now. That's okay. So go on your phone and go to your calendar, hit the reminder, like, must review LLA podcast so I don't suck. OK, so and we appreciate that. Uh, and also, if you are hitting us up on Twitter and things like that, use that hashtag LLA podcast so we can make sure that we don't miss it when you actually send us a shout out out there. Now, let's get on to our guest, man. Yeah, we have a really cool guest
1: on today. I mean, you know some of you guys are serious <laughs> jackasses, right? But you don't make a dime off of it. <laughs> you, know, you waste time on the internet. You're out there filming idiocy, but you're not making a dime off it. Now, today we have a guy who, who found a way to take his jackass expertise and, and parlay it into wealth. <laughs> And get some serious monetization <laughs> off of this whole thing, and that's none other than Chris Pontius, aka Party Boy, yeah. <laughs> of all the Jackass movies, and he's also he also did a great show with Steve O called Wild, Wild Boys, Boys, which was hilarious. Yep. that was on MTV for a while. And he's working on some new projects. We're going to talk to him about that today. Also, those of you that have my kettlebell solution, my kettlebell speed and strength DVD that came out in about 2006, that was actually filmed in Chris's backyard. He was nice enough to let us set up shoot there. And it was it was a fun shoot, man. So he's a guy who's also really into fitness. He's really into kettlebell training, really into nutrition. All around cool guy. Chris, how you doing today?
2: I'm good. I I, I'm right now. I'm I'm um, sitting on a like a spare bed at my house, and I got all these throwing axes that I've been I uh, (laughs) I I set up like a a, a target in my backyard. um, I got all these axes to throw it at.
0: Hey, man, That's fun. And
2: and, um, I lean back on this one, and it's super sharp, and and I. (laughs) I thought I totally sliced myself, but I'm all right. <laughs> there, there, there
0: is no place where you're sitting down that is going to be good to get sliced. Okay. So. <laughs> I
2: know. No, I, I it was. It was luckily it was my hand, <laughs> my left one too. But
1: now, now, Chris, I think I think you were largely responsible, along with the other members of the Jackass crew, for creating a whole new venture of people moving to L. A with the hopes of not getting into movies as an actor or actress, but becoming famous for being a total jackass. <laughs> now, now, how did this whole thing start off? How did how did you fall into this world?
2: We, um, I, well, when I was probably 18, I got interviewed for being a skateboarder. I was a skateboarder, and then I got interviewed in this one magazine that was, like, this uh, really, like, crazy skateboard magazine called Big Brother and in, um it was, it kind of attracted all the misfits of the, of that world. And it was just, skateboarding wasn't what it, it is now. Like it was, you know, it's still subculture. And um, so like everyone that kind of didn't fit in the normal skateboard world kind of gravitated gravitated toward the magazine. And then we started making videos and we put our dumb little like skits, like um, in between skateboarding pretty much. And then, then like um, Spike Jones was, one of our friends that he started getting like really uh, successful in making music videos and yeah. commercials and then, and then movies. So he, he, um, kind of helped open up the door and Johnny wasn't, he was not a skateboarder. He was, uh, he was like, uh, upco- he was an actor basically. And right. He, he'd be in commercials and stuff. And he was starting to like, like get more and more work. Johnny, and,
1: Johnny Knoxville, Knoxville, right?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And he, um, he um i think mtv wanted to do a show with him just some Mm dumb show that they just do they would always have these fly-by-night shows at the time and and um and he didn't want to do that but then that kind of like put us with mtv and he'd done stuff with the magazine um and so um we just kind of we we made a pilot just basically of all of our footage and you know we didn't Originally, we thought there's going to have to be like a podium, you know, like a talk show style, like where it goes back and forth with clips. but Yeah, like, ridiculous, like ridiculousness. Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Which, which, um, we, yeah, it seemed like that was necessary, but it, it turned into just a montage of stuff and, and, and it worked. So, but like
1: when,
2: <laughs> it, like when we go film stuff, like, um, before it was on TV, like, I thought people were going to, like, hate the show because, <laughs> like, it was freaky stuff. And, and like, sometimes, like, people would want to, like, fight with us even when we were filming it. <laughs>
1: sometimes
2: the cops would come with guns on us. And yeah. it, we got guns pulled on us several times and
1: i bet because you guys did some crazy stuff especially you You used to run around in in basically your underwear accosting people and then you had that that, that, you had that that, that peepee long stocking outfit (laughs) 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 and then there's no really i mean you guys would film without cameras being anywhere in an obvious manner right so people have no clue that this is some kind
2: of show no clue it it was just i think one of the first things i filmed was it was called body and trunk and um, John Knoxville, like, pulls up in an old car to, like, a gas station and, and asks the guy some for a fill-up or something like that. And then, you know, I, I'm in the trunk, and I'm in, like, a G-string, and I'm bound and gay. And, and I'm, like, you know, mumbling like, banging on the and, like, they know something's going on. And then I come busting out. And I, I like you know run all over the place and it, it everyone just gets freaked out and, and uh, in like, a uh, like I think that was the first thing I filmed and I was like God do you,
1: I don't know if people are gonna like this like <laughs> it, it like is it like um, did but you ever, it, did you ever in your wildest dreams think that this would be so successful I mean you've you've had some great successes with the movies and the show and then your own Wild Boys I mean you, you developed a nice career from all of this
2: yeah I every I like at the beginning like. I didn't even think the show would be much and then the show <laughs> did perfect I, I I don't know, maybe it was just perfect timing and yeah. And it was time for that like there was I think there was a lot of people like us, like not necessarily trying to make a show, but of the same mindset that more than we expected and, and uh and I think it it reminded people of, of uh you know, stuff they did when they were kids and right. and you know, straight just strictly Escape entertainment, you know, and yes, yes, and exactly. Yeah, it's
0: like taking I mean, people's lives it. are already
2: too, and they're all life's so intense anyway. Yes, like, right? It's like a like in India, you know, like Bollywood movies, like that's a good example. Like, right? Just, just kick back and it, it,
1: <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no one's taking, no one's looking for. Uh, Sophie's Choice when they watch a Bollywood movie. No, you know, exactly. It's slapstick, and We're, they're looking for
0: something fun. Exactly. We going to end. Absolutely. Everybody's going to – the whole townspeople, they're going to all dance, do the same routine together, and it's always going to be about the beach. <laughs> it's always about <laughs> the beach. I'm like, there's some – watching those Bollywood movies, I'm like, man, there's a lot of beaches in India, man. It's like every well, movie. Those Bollywood movies are hilarious, man. Because Bollywood
1: movies always like these beautiful women chasing after guys. Yeah, they're, all, they're all giving them the cold shoulder like, no, honey, not me. <laughs> <laughs> like, what world – what world is this? <laughs> you
2: know, Mike, um we, we um did did you ever see that Wild Boys thing we filmed with Bollywood group? Yeah, yeah. That uh, was hilarious. I, I could not until I watched it edited, I like I lo- that's one of my favorite things that we did, like and those people were so
1: awesome. That that's the one where you're dancing with all the people, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it was like, and, and they were like telling Dimitri our our camera Yeah, yeah, yeah how to film it, you know, like zooming in and out and stuff.
1: Now, Chris, I mean, I know you on a personal level, right? We've been friends for a while, so I've hung out with you before. And you're, you're actually a really low-key guy, really cool guy to hang out with. I think uh, – are, are people surprised you're like that when they get to know you because they're probably expecting you to be just like you are as your character in, in the jackass movies and Wild Boys? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah all the time. <laughs> they're they, expecting you to jump up on the table in the middle of dinner and just go crazy. Yeah, like
2: I'm <laughs> – even – it, yeah, they—they. They, they, I'm not like some wild man, like 24 hours a day, like <laughs> like I jump around my house like a monkey. But I mean, I have my moments, but but I think like a not like that all the time. I don't think anyone can be. But I mean, I, I was never after fame. I think most of the guys, some of the guys were actually, but but not really. Like mostly, they just wanted to have fun doing what they like to do. In in a, it, in a, if we weren't doing it for a show, you know, we'd be doing it for fun anyway. Which right. Like the magazine when we worked when we did that like there was no money in that like the the year before Jackass I probably made five thousand dollars that year and that was probably my best year like (laughs) like I was pretty much like I mean you were living out of your car for a while yeah even
1: after you started having some fame which uh, were you still living in your car then or did you yeah yeah I
2: was I didn't change my lifestyle like um I mean I. You know the the money got better and better and 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 I kind of wanted to save up and I didn't want to waste anything on rent and, and like <laughs> and then you know I had friends that wanted you know were happy to have me stay at their house I don't know I was just so you I was living that like that
1: vagabond lifestyle yeah
2: yeah I was so used to it that that it like I didn't really slip into like the normal lifestyle very quickly
1: <laughs>
2: and then me and steve-o i think even had a bet like who could go homeless for the longest
0: <laughs> it's a
1: fun fun bet
0: right? yeah
1: i would lose that bet in about an hour You're like nah, <laughs> nah no thanks I'm good. <laughs> i would lose that bet so fast it wouldn't even be funny man, like, nah, man
0: I, can't. <laughs> I actually want my own shower man you know this has been 30 thing? minutes i'm ready to go home <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah
1: i now, i think oh god which guys are you closest with? You, Steve-O, and Johnny Knoxville? Because a lot, of, a lot of people assume that all of you guys knew each other from the Jackass crew, but I think it was a few of you who who met a few other guys and then you brought it together.
2: Uh, Jeff Tremaine, the, the the director, and he's kind of the ringleader of Jackass, he ran the, the magazine Big Brother. Okay. And then um, Knoxville lived here and, and he he was a good friend. And um, when I first met, Steve-O was this crazy dude. At the time he lived, we... People in skateboarding knew of him. He lived in Florida and, and New Mexico sometimes. Like, and when they went through on skateboard tours, like there was this crazy guy that like like did backflips off buildings, blowing fireballs and stuff and, <laughs> into swimming pools like that were like four feet deep. And yeah. so he was like this kind of crazy character that that we knew of. And, and um, Dave England and Aaron lived in Oregon, and then Bam had his group of, of friends in Pennsylvania, and they were kind of doing something similar, so we kind of brought everyone together and, and basically, like, all the, like...
1: So basically, the there was this news. underground network of jackasses <laughs> right. across <Yeah>. the country, <laughs> and you guys all
2: found each other. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. It's like Fight it Club. Was, <laughs> I mean, then then they start censoring it, like, because they got worried of parents suing the, the network and so on, and all this uh, Senator Lieberman oh. bad us, and, yeah. you know, like... That all, that all works in your favor, though, doesn't exactly. it, ultimately,
1: though? Because it just brings so much exposure to the whole show. It, it, yeah. it only
2: helped. and and But it did um, – they started uh, – MTV started getting worried at the time, and they started censoring, like, the show, like, to the point of, like, if we'd walk off the sidewalk and, and we didn't show that the street was closed off, like, we couldn't show the shot. like uh-huh. So it was, like, instead of, like, letting the show get watered down any, we just ended it. yeah (laughs) yeah and i thought it was just done like that was just a cool thing that happened to me in my life and then then a little while later um the movie happened
1: yeah were you surprised how successful the movie was
2: yeah even (laughs) my god when we were filming it like i wish even while we were filming it like i i had no concept of of how
1: huge it was going to be like
2: it was just it was so new and yeah, I had no idea.
1: Like, yeah. you're on this wild ride. You don't even know what's going on with it. And then, you know, the first movie, you just you gave, you basically just got underpaid, right? Because it's the first movie you're doing. Yeah. And then the second movie, there was an opportunity for you to negotiate and, and get a really good compensation. And I remember that that was that was a struggle for a while. I remember oh, yeah. I remember before Jackass 2 came out, you were you were holding off for a while to get the best deal possible, and they were they were trying to pressure you into into taking something way below what you felt you were worth.
2: Yeah. And I mean, the way we, we ended up doing it was we got paid based on what the movie got paid. And, uh, okay. and, you know, they wanted to, like, have a cap on it. And I mean, they're making so much money and the, the, the movie cost nothing to make. It's, yeah. And the pie is so big. Like you just want like it's not about needing so much money, but you just want like a decent piece of it. You know, sure. like and that it's it's unbelievable how like how. Much they want to save every nickel and dime that they possibly can. It's yeah. I mean, I guess that is. One time I was talking to you about it, and and you know, I was kind of talking like it was, you know, what a crooked business. And and you mentioned that business period, and I realized that that you were right with yeah. It is. It is. It's not unique to the entertainment world.
1: I think it's more insidious there, and it's more well known there. But business in general, for example, a lot of times people will try to make book deals with with. People like uh, people like sincere and myself, right? They're coming to us, going, "Hey, we want you guys to write a book." And then when you look at the compensation, it's we'll give you a two percent royalty, and that sound that's great if they're selling millions of copies, but they're yeah. probably going to sell thousands of copies. Yeah, and two percent of twelve dollars is not a whole lot, <laughs> you huh. know. So it doesn't add up. And then, and then they're paying you based on what they are telling you they're selling you don't really yeah. know. They could be selling 10 times more. And unless you do some kind of personal audit, you don't really know what's going on.
2: Yeah. Which we ended up having to do. And, oh. and Yeah. Oh my God. I, I got stores for, it, it seemed like every, <clears throat> every time we worked with them, they treated it as like a business, like, like that they would never want to like have a future relationship with. And right. eventually like now it's good, but there, it was just, there was a lot of line and, and real lawyers and, and their egos and but we caught
1: them and well, i mean and from yeah, their point are, from their point of view they probably thought you guys were just suckers right they go yeah because they like, these they're they're going well these guys aren't real actors so we can just give them nothing and they'll be happy to do it, probably, it so they're on the movie screen probably, yeah they're not and businessmen or whatever or anything, <laughs> yeah
2: like you no one had lawyers and all that and and, right. and um even like the director and the producers who are our friends, like. They put a lot of trust in their lawyers, which I don't think that they they wanted us taken advantage of, but um, you know, their lawyers did, and 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 um, but it was fine. I mean, it's just learning that you know, we have got it taken care of, and a lot of stuff you got to learn the hard way, but you know, it's just like that with the with bands and everything. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty stoked now.
1: And, and A lot of people don't realize that about bands, right? Like Jamie Josta has a re- lead singer of Hatebreed. He has a really good podcast, The Josta Show. And he talks about how a lot of people who attend shows, they'll go to these festivals where there's thousands of people in the audience. And then yeah. they'll, they'll see a band up on stage and thinking, man, these guys must be getting paid big time today. Oh, yeah. And a lot of times that's not the case. A lot of times people would be shocked with how oh, little shocked. the band they're like what you made 500 bucks that's it between five of you and you had to split it five, <laughs> five ways?" You know? yeah a lot of times people are people are on the outside really don't understand the music industry they don't understand why these bands get so mad when their albums are being pirated and they're just they're not making any money off the albums anymore and they have to tour every day to make oh, a decent yeah. income it's and i'm not saying that we should all feel sorry for them because they're doing something that a lot of people would love to do but it's not it's not all fun and games. It's easy oh, yeah. to, it's when you go a to a concert, yeah, yeah, when you go to a concert, it's fun for you. And you're thinking that Maybe. it must be even more fun <laughs> for the band. And it probably is at times. But there's, there's a, the reason why you're having such a good time is because a lot of things going on behind the scenes.
2: I, I, I know a lot of guys in bands and some, like we do some at some festival. And I mean, they love it and stuff, but they're endless slaves to the road kind of. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. after, you know, a while, you know, when they have families and stuff, it, it's just the balancing act of, of that is is
1: is a lot of work. They're yeah, you're, you're 55 and you're still singing, singing music from your first album in 1986. <laughs> yeah. And you're you're, well. you're, you're trying, those moves, every time you do those moves you used to belt it to, now you're pulling a calf muscle. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, man, I just dislocated my shoulder jumping into the audience today. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. And yeah. known guys that like that, I saw Iggy Pop at this
2: thing, he's walking around with a cane. Yeah. yeah. Which he's God, I don't. He's like got to be almost seventy. I mean, like, he's been oh, old yeah.
0: since we first saw him. Yeah, yeah, I mean, <laughs> exactly. He's got like Morgan Freeman. Like, when has he not been old? When has Iggy Pop he's, not he, been an old he, dude? He was an old dude in the sixties. He somehow, thing? he's in, Looks
1: like he's in pretty good shape still. Um, yeah, he's I like know, Mick Jagger, right? He's one of those guys that's not. No, Keith not, actually, like Keith Richards. Yeah, but Iggy, Iggy Iggy Pop looks like a guy who. He's ripped, right? So he looks yeah, like a ripped. guy who works out, but he's—I think he's just naturally ripped, kind of like Stevo, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Where Stevo, I remember you took one of my kettlebell workshops, and I was talking about how, you know, a lot of people are just genetically lean. It's not because oh, they yeah. follow some great diet or exercise regimen. And then you were like, "Yeah, Stevo is a perfect example of that. He—he <laughs> does, he doesn't work out. He doesn't work yeah. out either. And at that. I mean, now he eats a much cleaner diet from what I've heard, but at that time he wasn't, and he yeah. was still ripped.
2: Oh yeah, totally. And yeah, you are mentioning like you sometimes see a crackhead or something
1: like <laughs> yeah. or a six pack or yeah, <laughs> um, six pack doesn't necessarily mean healthy, which is one of no, the points no, we yeah, try to get no, across. No, where, no. Yeah, you can have your body fat too low where you feel like crap. You might yeah. look good to, to to what our standards are of what looks good, but you feel like crap.
2: Yeah, in uh, Steveo's case, he for for many years he he was not healthy at all. I mean, I wouldn't call him a crackhead, but he, he was venturing in that in that area.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. I read his book and it was, it was a pretty interesting book. Yeah. I I remember actually hanging out with you at one of these jackass release parties, DVD release parties. And he was totally messed up, man. I mean, he was totally out of it. He, he whipped his, dick out right in front of everyone. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, is burned in my memory. So he's like, you know, can, can I unsee that? Nope, you're not going to both unsee it. He was loaded, man. That was like the first time I ever met him, too. His eyes were totally glazed out. And everyone around is like, oh, man, did I just see that? Yep, you saw it. We all did. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> and, I was, and I was thinking, I was like, man, this guy is going down a very bad road. And if he doesn't turn it around, it's going to end badly. And I'm glad he man. did, though. It sounds no. like it sounds like he's in a much better place now. Oh yeah, he's he's been good for a long time. Yeah,
2: he he got really in the end uh, near the end of his his party career. Yeah, but um he uh, he got really into the nitrous um whatever the you know laughing gas or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he started his body started changing It got like we went over there to film something with him and his like neck was like wider than his head and he had like oh man <laughs> it looked like he had a pillow like. <laughs> And it, which for him was like, <laughs> and, and it was just sad. It was it was weird though, and yeah. it turned out he was doing like like five hundred dollars worth of, of whippets a day. And wow. and I, I talked to um, my brother in law who's a doctor, and I mentioned that, and and he said, um, I guess a nitrous oxide fill um it fills your air cavities in your body. So like during surgery, sometimes they give that to to people to to help surgery or something. And uh, I guess that's what, what swelled him up so much. But it was unbelievable. Like, wow. But, uh, um, yeah, he made it through that. And he was just like someone that he kind of wanted that, like, he wanted rock and roll lifestyle really
1: bad. And yeah. then he finally, like, when it when he got well, his he said that in his life. book, he said he had a desperate need for attention. Oh yeah, he just wanted to be the guy that everyone focused on, so he would do these totally over the top things, so that everyone's like, oh man, look at this dude. He just had a yeah. desperate need for that. And you he, don't see him. You don't seem to have had that though. You see him a much different personality. Was that ever something that you were like?
2: I think I I, I need attention, but I know how to get it a lot sub in a more <laughs> yeah. subtle way. Yeah right. right. And now I, I I get as much attention as I need, but. But I mean I had a little middle child syndrome stuff like <laughs> right and I think Stevo was kind of completely ignored as a child and mm. he, he's a very like easy psychological study like his his yeah. his parents I think had a lot of money but but like just didn't really give him any attention ever and right you know, Right. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's way more obvious on him.
1: In- you, seem, you seem a little bit, I wouldn't say uncomfortable when you get recognized, but you don't seem to be someone who's looking for that. I've been no. out to dinner with you before where the waitress will recognize you or we're at some event and someone recognizes you. And you always seem to have a look that you're surprised that people are recognizing you. <laughs> you know, you're still humble about the whole thing. You don't, yeah, seem, I, you don't seem to be totally comfortable with that. Like, here's someone recognizing you and you don't know anything about them it kind of
2: feels like you just know everybody. and Right, and, right. But, like, uh, if you get too sucked up and, you know, like, that you're a famous person or something, it'll, I think it'll mess your head up and, and you're just not a person at all anymore. Right, right. Like, I'm aware now. I mean, I've had, in the first year of, of when I was doing it, probably, like, you know, I I probably had a little rock star phase. Like, I mean, not bad, but it's kind of exciting at first. And But oh, then, sure. then you go through a, a phase where it's like first it's just awesome like and you go and you know party everywhere you go and and then after a few years it's it's kind of like claustrophobic and a lot of people that i know like have gone through a little phase like that but then and then you get out of that and then just normal and that's who you are and, and and it's awesome
1: Claustrophobic yeah. in the sense that you felt that you would just go somewhere and you you just wanted to have a low key time and then people yeah. would recognize you and you have to deal with that yeah like I just yeah, go to go to the grocery
0: store and just get groceries I don't want to stop and give like fifty million autographs or so like hey how you doing yeah. have to acknowledge everybody like Chris like I'm just trying to get some yogurt man okay? yeah. <laughs> or, or just sometimes <laughs> toilet like, paper man <laughs> I'm getting tampons for my wife man I don't want I don't yeah. want to talk to you while I'm buying tampons okay
2: <laughs> yeah for sure you got to be kind of constantly aware of that like yeah and even even, like ways to like walk and hold your head that makes people not look at you and you, get,
1: <laughs> you get really good at that and
2: there's just weird little things that, that like and just yeah you always you always consider like th- little things like that it especially if, if you're on like vacation or something where you don't want like someone that like mostly it's good but you don't want like some person that works at a hotel following you around like <laughs>
1: everything. And they're like, hey, yeah. hey, man, do something, do something crazy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You going to the pool?
0: <laughs> like, come on. Especially yeah. now,
1: now, especially now with our cell phones, oh, God, camera phone want, yeah, society.
0: Exactly. Yeah, they're probably they, thinking, they got oh, their buddy Chris. recording it from Let's the Let's follow him phone. around. Yeah, it's like, yeah, hey, exactly. you film him? I'm gonna go talk to him. And I'm gonna see if I can get him, <laughs> yeah, right, get him right. to t- nosedive right there on the pool, like on the edge or something, like some. St- yeah, well, we'll sell it to TMZ. <laughs> and oh, I was just, yeah. about, I was about to bring that up. Like, you also have to deal with TMZ, also, kind of just watching every little move that you do as well. I'm pretty sure that gets a little annoying as well, man. Yeah.
2: I I mean, I, I think, um, like, yeah, like I'm glad, like, God, I mean, yeah, no one has anonymity, anonymity anymore. Like, or, you know, people can basically like follow your every move through other people's Facebooks and stuff like that and. (laughs) All you, to, all
1: you have to do, Chris, is if you if you have them following you around, just go, hey, look over there, guys, Kim Kardashian. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I have TMZ people like come up to me, like I'm just like cool to them,
2: and, and right, right. you know, I and I even talk to them because sometimes I think that'd be fun to film people doing that stuff, and and I want to hear about their job, but but like you know, it's useless footage really to them because like if if some like actor like takes their camera and smashes it, like that's gold. Yeah, yeah like they love Kanye.
0: They love Kanye. He's, gonna, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's just a yeah. ticking time bomb. He's just all like...
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, I know it Um, back... Some of the guys were backstage at this one awards thing that he, like, did some outburst at. And backstage, he was, like, right, right afterwards. He was, like, totally laughing. Like, I don't know if... If that was just like a game
0: he was playing. But oh, it was. With the Taylor Swift thing or whatever. He interrupted her and he was talking about that Beyonce should have won. This was not
2: a Taylor Swift one. This was a, a European MTV Awards. Oh, okay. But it was right around that time. Like some, He felt he should have won Best Video and did this Oh, outburst, yeah. In
1: his mind, it was kind of a joke. But... It was well, kind of Well, that's the thing. You have to wonder how much of these public outbursts are just <laughs> contrived, right? Yeah, it's just because they know they have
0: they know that yeah. these people eat it up. He's like, you know, Kanye seems like he's the master of that. He's, yeah. You know, just, just he's the master of that. It. It's like he knows. If he blows up, it's gonna be in the news the next day. And it's good for him to blow up about a week or two before an album comes out. Oh, he's understood sure. that, you know, any publicity is good publicity for right. Yeah.
1: Totally. Well, I yeah. mean, Ryan Holiday, right? He's the author of a book called Media Manipulators. Mm-hmm. He talked about how when he was helping promote one of his clients. He put up a movie poster on Sunset Boulevard, and then he went and purposely vandalized it it himself and then had someone take pictures of of what it looked like afterwards. And then he sent that into – he sent the photos into different media outlets, and then they covered it as a story now, and that brought a ton of attention to the movie. Oh, yeah. And drove up sales and so forth. For sure. And then he yeah. would release certain themes from the movie at college campuses, and then they would have these protests about it. Nope. And then that would get media coverage. And then that would get more attention for the movie. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, no that saying is definitely true. Like, I think it makes it hard, though, for a lot of us that run legitimate businesses where we don't want to do over-the-top exactly. things to it's get attention, right? Yeah, yeah because yeah. now what's happening is if – if you want to rank higher on websites or you want to get media attention, if it's not some over the top stuff, they don't care. Oh yeah. You know, I would, it, like for example, my natural testosterone booster. I would, if I if I sent if I sent a bunch of testimonials to a media outlet, they're gonna be like, yeah, who cares? Now, if someone actually got sick off of it and ended up in the hospital, they're gonna cover that. Oh yeah, and, sure. that, and that, just in case you're wondering, listeners, that's never happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a safe product, but that that's just the way our media thinks. It's all about negativity. It's like how much oh, yeah. negativity can we put out there?
2: And and there's uh, there's so much. Fa- I know, like in in entertainment, there's like a lot of false. Um, like they make it look like someone has like a lot more like
0: searches on the on Google and right. so on.
2: Like right, right. They'll just have like just making someone look bigger than they are yeah
0: so so they trending yeah. on google this week you know it's kanye west you know and, <laughs> yeah. and come to find out this is the record label is kind of like behind that or whatever man right like nobody's, say, no was really say searching for kanye. On, yeah exactly,
1: exactly. they'll say trending on twitter and yeah, no exactly. one is but now they are because they see that
0: exactly so, yeah. so they so want to go find of, out what trying it's, trying it's about it. yeah like yeah, why exactly. is he trending is he alive did he die you know it's the first thing as soon as you see a star's name on twitter you're like oh yeah he must have died okay or he did something stupid you know it goes down to a little chain of command did he die did he do something stupid is everybody hating him right now. And there's yeah. like, "Oh crap. He's not doing anything. Oh, oh, did his naked pictures leak out? Like, do you really want to go find that out? <laughs>
1: like, I, think, I think I think uh, there's there's unfortunately a very common trend among the average about, about among a lot of average people where they want to see celebrities fall. They want to see famous oh, people yeah. screw up because it somehow makes them feel better. Well, you just and what said, they don't realize people. is, and they're like, oh, look at this person, man, and their relationship. Uh, they couldn't even make that work. It's like, well, look, how man, how about, about? A, how about a camera follows you around every day of your fucking life and gets into every argument that you're having with your significant other? And that's all part of the public domain now.
0: And let's see how well your relationship works. Well, Mike, works out. Uh, honestly, yeah. well, guess what? A camera doesn't have to follow them. They do that on Facebook anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now they're putting, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's called a Facebook status, Mike. not a <laughs>
1: reality. Yeah. yeah, true, true. Now yeah.
0: Nowadays, people are going. What are you talking about? I put that up every day. Exactly. Nobody's filming me. I don't have. a TV know. People show get into eating. a
1: new relationship. They got to put up a photo every five minutes of what's going on. It's like, all right, all right. That that's a surefire <laughs> way to make sure that relationship doesn't work out. All right.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, Kanye's he as far as longevity. A lot of people in hip hop don't have longevity, and he's done well. I mean, him I mean, there's a yeah. handful of guys that like. Right. Like, he knows what he's doing. Definitely.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, the one thing about it, they like him or hate him or whatever, he still has the music to back up. No that that yeah. insanity. Whereas a lot of these over-the-top, c- fly-by-night, quote-unquote, artists, and I use that loosely, you know, they come and go because yeah. they don't have any substance to whatever they're doing. They do right. all this flashy stuff, but guess what? Just hold your breath a little bit and about two minutes they're going to be gone so you don't have to get too, you, don't, you don't have to get too attached to them you know by the time you have to take another breath they're gone and so that's yeah. the thing about it. but he has the music to back it up he has the entertainment value i mean he, he puts on a good show a lot of rappers just go back and forth on the stage or whatever but yeah. dude brings energy when he's right. performing. Yeah, he whether you like right. him or not you can't deny that he's an entertainer right. you right. know right. that actually yeah. has talent you know, that's the thing. Yeah. And that's no what's doubt. missing. We have either entertainers or we have talented artists. Usually the two don't don't mesh together anymore.
2: Right. No, definitely not. And and then there's a few people that just get lucky with a song. But then but I, I noticed that most of the people that most of the really big ones are cool. And most yeah. the the ones that are just full of themselves are the fly by night types. Well, like,
0: that's because they know I think back in, in the back of their mind, they know like I've got about. Mm, 13 more minutes of this 15 minutes of fame it's like they, they just kind of count down like okay I got it. <laughs> right <laughs> t- t- the clock's ticking right now man i'm not gonna be around so so they have to do all this outlandish stuff like you got taylor swift like oh i'm taking all my songs off spotify who gives a shit thank you i'm not i don't have to worry about it being suggested when i'm looking for music i appreciate that i wish other crappy artists would follow suit and do what you're doing so yeah. like, come on, yeah. Katy
1: Perry, follow her lead, man. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> come on. I'm the tiger. Get out of here.
1: <laughs> now, Chris, have you have you met any celebrities that you were surprised were cool, given what you what your preconceived notions may have been, and then the opposite of that? Have, have there been people you met who you thought were going to be cool who were Complete totally assholes. disappointed to you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know who surprised me? I don't know if 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 I just took it all wrong, but most of the of the I mean the first one celebrity that I was actually really starstruck by and it was pretty early in, in doing this was, um, Harrison Ford. Really? Okay. Um, and I was just like, just cause growing up, like watching like absolutely, Indiana yeah. Jones. Oh, absolutely, that, like, man, yeah. And I, he walked up to me and I was like, I didn't know what to say. Like, I was just like, <laughs> I said, some, I didn't, I said some, I didn't know what I said. Some <laughs> stupid sentence, you know, like, and, and, um, I think he had kids that were like teenagers that watched the show or something. So he, he was a, aware of it, but, um, Normally, like, that guy, like, it seems like he's taken as, like, being, like, antisocial, and, and uh, he seemed cool, actually. Really? And, okay. But Ellen, she, I remember I was at something backstage, and and she was, like, back there. It was, like, 2005, because it was the big in the 05 Awards mm-hmm. when her shows started getting big. Yeah. And so she was backstage, and I could just hear her talking. She's, like, smoking a cigarette, like, now what do I got to do? And just, life couldn't suck more, and, like, <laughs> and, and, um... <laughs> there was like a bathroom that was broken. And like, I think I told, I I warned her or something, let her know, or or my friend did. And, and she was just, and I talked to her a little bit. She was just mean. And like, she's just not the person that she is like on stage. And I mean, I wasn't, like a fan in the first place but right like, <laughs> now you're even less of
1: a
0: fan <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> she's definitely the meanest celebrity i've ever met wow that's oh, wow
1: that's a, that's oh. funny man i got a, a friend of mine actually trains her does her nutrition and training so it'd be interesting to see what his take is but uh, that's been my experience too sometimes is that i met some people that were really cool i mean you expected them to be cool and they were and then you met some others were who were kind of pricks and, you know, you know I, I, I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, though, because everyone has bad days, right? Yeah, definitely. You never know what's going on at that right. second. And for all you know, you might have walked up and been like, hey, um, and then they, they just talked to their kid who was sick in the hospital five minutes before. You know, you don't know. You don't know what's going on. So right, I try definitely. to give people the benefit of the doubt. Or it, it, might, it might just be one of those days where they've just had people come up to them all day long and they're, they're kind of fed up. And then here's one more person. So you never know.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I don't believe it until I hear like accumulated stories of someone sometimes. Right, doesn't. right, exactly. But I mean, the other people that I know, like I'll say something about someone and they'll be, oh, there he's cool, and, and it's kind of like, well, he's cool to you because <laughs> you're on TV too, but right, if right. some regular person be, he'd be he treats them like assholes.
1: That I look at quite a bit because mm-hmm, yeah. there are, there are people I was talking about this with top strength coach Mark Philippi where he mm-hmm. said. He's met people that are cool to him and then he looks at the way they interact with other people and right. they're not cool at all to those people and that bothers him. He goes, yeah. Okay, you're cool to me, but you're a dickhead to those people. So yeah. you're still a dickhead.
0: <laughs> right. You know, at the that end is- of the
1: day. You're just you're just cool to me because you think maybe I have something that you can that you can benefit from. You're gonna from benefit at some
0: from, point. yeah. Right. A, you
2: know, on something at first and then right. they were a dick and then
1: they realize it and they'll
2: like Almost like say, well, oh, oh um, when they catch themselves like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, I didn't know you were so-and-so. Like it was that excuse you for being a dick. Yeah.
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> pardon, yeah, pardon my dickiness. You know, that wasn't intended, <laughs> that, that wasn't intended toward you per se. Like, well, I didn't realize you were someone. It's like, well, you should be cool to everyone, whether it's the
1: valet guy <laughs> yeah. or the clerk exactly. at the store or the grocery. You know, you should be cool to everyone. Why, why yeah. do some people get preferential treatment? Exactly.
2: For sure. Yeah. No, you should. I mean, whatever you put out into the world is going to like. Grow and the more good you put out into the world, the more good's gonna to come to you. And it, it's just true. I don't know. It just is. Like yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It because it, it affects everything around you. Yeah. I just try to be like that with everything. And because and, the world's been so generous to me, and so I just try to be as generous as I can with it. Really. And anyway, I I think that it just works that way. Yeah. Yeah. But oh, um. Well. Hey, um, the, um. This lady from my work is is come by cuz she needs me to sign something. So I'm going to have to run out for about a minute. Yeah, sure, no problem, man. Okay.
1: I'll be right back. We'll just talk behind your back while you're out there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris, I remember Chris told me one time about just people he's met in LA that that came in and he was already having some level of success at this point. Mm-hmm. And they were thinking that they could just tag along with that success, right. and then when they didn't put in the hard work, and then like well, you know what, it just didn't work out for me. He's like, well, you didn't make it work out. They don't realize that this guy slept in his car for a long time. Right. He had this meager existence. He didn't. He didn't have this nice home that he has now. And I think he still has the same car that he had back then. I mean, until hard. after several years
0: of putting in work. Yeah, those coattail riders are everywhere. I mean, I mean the same thing. Yes. We see it in our industry all the time. It's like, oh, You know, once you know we start doing certain things, all of a sudden you, we have. People coming out of the woodworks, hey man, I'd love to have you come by my gym and do a workshop. Or I like, you know, I mean, I would love for you guys, you know, we could all do a workshop together. I'm like <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm I'm not trying like, to be well, a dick. I actually wanna do? know who <laughs> are you? Yeah. You know, like where did you come from? It's just like it's almost like you kinda just walking by and some dude just jumps out of the car and like, Hey man, I like your house. Can I stay here? Yeah. Where the yeah. hell did you come from? <laughs> why are you in my closet? Why, why shouldn't I shoot you right now? <laughs> you know, and that's kind of like what happens. They're like, well, I saw that you had a nice place. And, you know, and that's just that's what happens. They, they see it and they're like, OK, I'm going to wait. OK, he's putting in all the work. So now this is the perfect time for me to jump on board because right. he already has that following. and I'm going to ride off that or better yet. You're doing something. All of a sudden, like, OK, they got a nice little audience. They got a good following on, on their podcast. Hey, man, you know, would you mind promoting my so-and-so on your show? Yeah. N- yes, I would. I would very yeah, much mind absolutely. that. I don't. I don't even know what the hell that product is. So if I'm not using it, I'm damn sure not going to say anything about it on the show. And well, I'll buy advertisements. No, no, because I yes. still don't, you don't know what this to. product does. So exactly. no, man. To my, we're putting our credibility on the line and putting our audience at risk. You know, who the hell are you? Where did you come from? It's important (laughs) to
1: have that on both sides, right? Like recently, I reached out to Jamie Josta because I'm a big fan of his podcast. And I think that my supplements would be a great fit for him. I think he'd get a lot of benefit out of it. And I think his audience would too. Mm -hmm. But basically, I said, look, I don't mind sponsoring your show, but I'd love to send you some product to try out. And if you genuinely like it, let's talk more. If you don't like it, no big thing. Because and he's like, no, definitely. You know, that's he's like, I wouldn't want he's like, I don't want to promote something on my show that I'm not into either and I go, cool, you know, we're on the same page. Because I don't mind sponsoring someone's show, but I don't want them saying, oh, these products are great and they've never used it before. <laughs> exactly. It's disingenuous and it doesn't do me
0: any good. Yeah, they're they're, they're reading the, the ad copy and they can't even pronounce yeah. you know, it. Like, <laughs> they're like mail, mailers, malias, you know, <laughs> testosterone, triendazole builder, booster. I'm like, oh like, okay, dude, just stop reading. Just stop. In fact, just go back to school and learn how to read, okay? Just forget. <laughs> if it's not If it's not genuine, it, there's
1: something that's missing. You can always tell, right? Oh, when someone's, yeah, man. Someone's you like, Oh, I checked out this and it's awesome. It's like, no, you didn't. You didn't check that out.
0: (laughs) It was like, oh, really? What
1: was your favorite part? It's like oh I love your videos. Oh, it's like oh really? What was your favorite exercise? Oh man, it They're was like, so much. Well,
0: uh. <laughs> it, it was so you're so full of great content, man. I just can't pick one thing, Mike. You know I I benefited from the entire DVD, okay? And I suggest everyone run out and buy it and watch it from beginning to end, and you'll experience a great a great. Shut the hell up, dude. Isn't it always <laughs> like really uncomfortable when someone gives you praise
1: that you know is fake. I know, you, like you, you know this like, guy's the best at this and he has the best. It's like man, you never even seen anything I've done, like, man. Dude, you
0: just met me. What the hell are you talking? talking about <laughs> like come on man
1: so is, we've been dear friends for a long time. It's like dear, dear.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't even like venison. What are you talking about, man? <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we came up through the trenches together. It's like
0: no, we haven't. We didn't even. we <laughs> <to> my, <hold laughs> on, <to> my, what <laughs> We never even, even oh, met on. each other. My, what war are you fighting? Because the trenches <laughs> I hang out in, I don't see people that look like you in my trenches, man. <laughs> what are you talking about? We don't even call them trenches, man. It's called it's the just, gutter. <laughs> it's just really uncomfortable when <laughs> oh someone my gives God. you
1: praise that you know is not genuine. It's it, like, it really is.
0: Stop yeah. it, man. Like gas prices, I know they're dropping, but quit gas me up like that dude i don't know
1: <laughs> yeah but but it's also but on the other hand it's really cool when someone's giving you praise and they're going into detail why they liked something
0: or now other that, that, yeah. that's cool especially when you didn't expect it you're like whoa yeah you actually yeah. like know about what i'm doing like okay thank you <laughs> you know that that yeah that is really cool We've
1: sometimes had that people that give yeah. Sometimes people are giving me praise on an old product where I don't even know what they're talking about because it's so old, <laughs> yeah. and I have to go back and and reread something or watch. I'm like, oh yeah, that that's what they're
0: talking about. Yeah, that's always funny. <laughs> like man, I remember the, oh, man, I was watching your video on this and blah blah blah. I'm like, huh? What, what video? Oh, I'm going on YouTube and search for myself. Like wait a minute, here <laughs> Spider Man burpees. What the hell is he talking about?
1: <laughs>
0: like, oh, okay, I'm, you found that. And good for you. <laughs>
1: You know, but one thing going back to what Chris was talking about how some people sustain a career. It reminds me of I was on Jimmy Smith's podcast yesterday and I know you know him because yeah. he was praising you. You know, good guy, that was a good show. He did, he did a good job on the show that I was on the episode I was on. But anyway, we we're talking about a similar concept as well and it reminded me of the band Slayer. Now, mm-hmm. love them or hate them, I'm not a huge Slayer fan. I like some of their songs. I've seen them live. They're awesome live. But I'm not a huge fan. It's not something I sit around and listen to or listen to when I'm working out. But these guys have had some serious longevity because when yeah. I was 12, Rain <laughs> yeah. of Blood, Rain of Blood came out right on Def Jam, their signature yeah. album. <laughs> and that album was a big hit. And they were they were big when I was – even before I was in high school. And now I'm 41 and they're still big. Exactly. I mean, they, they played the joint here in Vegas, which is a big venue. Linkin Park is played there. Five Finger Death, Death Punch is played there. Public enemy, et cetera, have played there. It's a pretty big venue; a couple thousand people fit in there. And they've been, they've managed to sustain this long career because they've always stayed true to their audience. Yeah. No, no major radio play, no major support, but they have a core audience of loyal people that will come out to their shows whenever they're in town.
0: Exactly, and there's something to be said about that. Even no matter what you do with your business, like first of all, knowing who your audience is, and then once right. you know who they are, then you know. The people that are actually putting the money in your pocket and sustaining your lifestyle, like, don't, don't shit on them, man. You know, when things start getting really, really good, don't forget who's helping those, those situations become better for you. And that that tends to happen so much in business. You know, once people start getting to a certain level of success, they tend to crap out on those people who were like raving fans right in the beginning and they start chasing that larger, larger audience. They try to get that broad, you know, aspect of, of people to buy into who they are or whatever. But think about those people. They're again, like we were talking about earlier, they're looking for that, that entertainment value. Like, okay, entertain me before I give you my money. Somebody do something for me. And then once you don't do something that entertains them, they're done with you. But then go right. crawling back to your core audience. They're like, nah, dude, <laughs> we were here for you from the beginning and you turned right. back on us. So don't come back now.
1: Exactly. Oh, and now, that happened with a lot of the 80s rock bands, right? Yeah. They had this core audience, and then they had one song that was a hit, and they got addicted to that. So now they yeah. started trying to make more songs like that. Like they that. lost <laughs> their core audience. And once they were no longer the flavor of the month, they lost the mainstream audience too, and now they have nothing. Exactly. But if they just stayed true to their core audience, they still have a career today just like Slayer does. Exactly. And, then, and then some bands, what happens is they change, they change genres every album. And yeah. you, that's a good way to lose people, too. I think the Cro-Mags are the best example of this. Age of Coral, their first album, one of the best hardcore albums ever made. It's, it's people to this day, bands like Hatebreed and so forth, Machine Head, Sepultura, they still refer to oh, this album, yeah, right? Yeah. But the next album that came out after that, which I still liked, but it was very metal. It wasn't that much hardcore. But I think they were still able to hold on to their fans. But it was mm-hmm. the one after that where they mm-hmm. just lost their core audience. Yeah. And then the one after that even more so. And, and then they came out with a great album after that, but it was too little too late. Yeah. And there, there were many reasons why that band just imploded. A lot of internal battles and strifes and so forth. But if they made three records, like their first one, yeah. they would have been – they could have made a bunch of crap after that and it wouldn't have mattered. They would have been set. Just like Metallica. Metallica yeah. had Kill 'Em All, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets. I don't like anything after Master of Puppets. Yeah, and a lot of people feel the same way. But those three albums are masterpieces, and that's what's allowed them to sustain sustain this huge career. A lot of people say, "Oh, it's the Black Album and all that." It's like, no, no, no. I mean, that's what got them the most radio airplay and got them a bigger audience, no doubt. But it was those three albums that built them as an entity to follow. Those exactly.
0: first three albums. Exactly. You know, it's funny. Like just using that same formula, you were saying someone, for example, that I'm a fan of, like Lenny Kravitz. Those first few albums that he put out they pretty much, they were consistent with his style of music. Then, pretty much, probably right around the time his mom died, Roxy Roker, who played Helen Willis on um, The Jeffersons, right around that time, man, it's like, you know, he came out with Circus, which was a little bit more experimental, whereas a little bit more, I mean, the first single was Rock and Roll is Dead, which at that time, especially in the mid-90s, 1995, you probably felt that way. Rock and roll seemed like it was dead. It was a very bold <laughs> yeah. statement. But what yeah. was so funny, what made it so controversial, and they talked about this so much, was the guitar riff that he used from that song, that he used in that song, almost sounded like it was a riff that was taken from Led Zeppelin. Right. And so many people are like, oh, you're talking about rock and roll is dead, but here you are biting, taking a riff off of Zeppelin. But come on, man. In, in rock and roll, who hasn't taken a little bit of somebody's riff that somebody <laughs> yeah, how, they looked up to and yeah. ran with it? I am mean, exactly. like you, How many I'm, unique chords can you have? I mean, exactly, before you just become stupid, <laughs> you know, at this point. So, you know, but the thing is, he got to experiment a little bit with that. He didn't really lose his core audience, but everybody that jumped on board from the album before that, when it was a little bit more like when he came out with, Are You Gonna Go My Way? All of a sudden, the new MTV fans, they were kind of lost, like, wait a minute, what? This is not all you're gonna go my way. Where's that hard hitting <laughs> hard rock, you know? Yeah, but don't yeah, yeah. don't forget that right before that, the first, the second album sounded more R and B, but he couldn't get any R and B play. So I'm just like, yeah, man. One thing, all the fly by night fans, man, yeah, that's the thing. They're gonna fly by night, but your core fans, they're the ones that stuck with him, even when he did that one album when he had like this James Brown like perm on his head, and I was like. Lenny, you're killing me, dude. Like I'm a fan, but yeah. I'm, I, I mean, I'm looking at this album, and I just can't. It's, I, I just can't look at this album with you this perm. You look like a pimp, man. I mean, I don't understand what's happening right here. So, Gun, Guns and
1: Roses is another example, right? Yeah. Appetite for Destruction, one of the best rock yep. albums ever made, just masterpiece, start to finish. Everything else after that is totally forgettable.
0: Garbage. Yeah, yeah, mean. just
1: totally forgettable, man. Just wasn't anywhere near the same page, and that that's not necessarily the reason why they fell apart. It's uh, it's another example of a lot of internal strife and all that. Right. But if they if they made 3 records in a row that were on the same level as Appetite for Destruction, right. it would have been ridiculous, man. It would have been they would have been I mean they went on to be huge regardless, but it would have been even bigger. And I I think they still would be really big. I They're think still it was big way I think it was big.
0: too much too soon like that. Yes. I mean one minute you're yes. you're, you're, you know, you're this obscure band you're or whatever, clubs. you're putting in a bunch of work in LA and all the little gutter places and all this and then all of a sudden it's like Boom. Here's this yeah. hit and like you're winning all these awards and everybody's, you know, it's just like, whoa, you didn't yeah. prepare yourself for that. And I think that's the thing. when we were speaking with Mick Benzo, you know, that's where that need for a true A&R is necessary to yeah. prime, you know, like they did back in the day. They, they, they had you ready for this stuff. They, right. you know, I mean, that's one thing you can give the Barry Gordy with, with Motown in the 60s. He prepped all those artists for fame. I mean, they had a certain lifestyle they had to live. They had discipline. They had to look a certain way. They had to behave a certain way during interviews or whatever. They couldn't be out of control. You know, so they pretty much... That's why it's called artist and repertoire, you know, in a It's like, you know, the focus is on the artist, but, you know, here's the repertoire. This is pretty much how we're going to do this. So they were doing PR before there were even PR people around. Right. And, you know, and they were prepared for the fame. And that's the reason why they had such longevity. That's why... You know, you can get the Supremes back right now and they can do a concert, you know, right. or Smokey, Smokey Robinson in America's or whatever, because of that. What Barry Gordy did with them freaking 50 years ago mm. still works to this day, because at that time he saw the bigger picture. He wasn't like a lot of record companies like let's make a bunch of money now. You're expendable. I can get rid of you. And I'll bring in another artist. He's like, no, you know, we're going to be a family. There's going to be some longevity here. You know, we're going to like Stevie Wonder. He pretty much grew up with the label. They got him as a kid and he grew up and he stayed with that label up until his mid adulthood, you know? He was with Motown for a good 30 years, man. You know, he yeah. grew up with the label and these days, if you were a label for more than 30 days, then hey, you're lucky. <laughs> you know, that they, they, they actually kept <laughs> yeah. you on that long. Right now, yeah. everything's a tax write off of them. Like, All right, let's put this one out and move on to the yeah, next. Yeah, exactly. One. Exactly. Axl,
2: that's why that's Axel kind of he I think the fame made he just belie- he lost his mind. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh yeah. no doubt. He's oh yeah. Very eccentric. He looks weird too. Man. <laughs> oh man. I saw, uh, I saw him. I saw them at the Hard Rock in Vegas. They did a residency show, and they, they sounded good, man. I mean, he has his new band sounds really good. The new guitar player DJ, he's he's awesome. Oh
0: yeah, those guys are good. Yeah,
1: and then he still sounds pretty good, but he yeah. looks
0: weird. Like he's had he a does. bunch of plastic. Yeah, surgeries. the plastic surgery is just crazy,
2: man. <laughs> he's got some machine that that now like I think. I noticed he he'll make it a point to like show that it's not pre-recorded, but um, <laughs> yeah. like like he'll talk like in between stuff so to show that the mic's hot. But mm-hmm. I know that there's something that just from knowing some guys in bands like that, some guys will have like if they're doing like a note and um, there's like they can have they have a sound guy like side stage that like can kind of like,
1: push a button and carry it on. Yeah, what's that called? Yeah. Feedback or something like that. A lot of bands have that now where they can. They like you like you said they, they, can, they can be they can be singing and then they can push a button and the a pre recorded track will pick up right there. <laughs> just yeah. punch if they it in. want a
0: break, it'll punch yeah. it in for them. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I think I,
2: the, the only reason I noticed that with Axel was because um, Sebastian Bach opened for them. Yeah, that's yeah. the show and I saw. Yep. He w- did you notice like there, he had it was so stripped down in rock and roll that like. And you could, there was no, like, it was, that was just him singing, like, and it, that made, I just noticed the difference of how it was with him, there was no, there was no backing tracks helping him. Yeah. Right. Sometimes
1: if it sounds too good, it's because, it,
0: it <laughs> it's is. because
1: it's not him singing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You're like, man, that guy sounds like he did 20 years ago. like, yup, Exactly. Because they're, they're playing a track for 20 could have stayed home and listened to the album. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I, I've heard, um.
2: Kiss played at this hockey game I went to a while, a few months ago, and Uh um, it was like, I was just watching them, and it was, it it was the version of their, it was just, it was pre-recorded, which they do at like sporting events a lot anyway, but it was like an, it was like the version of, it was Detroit Rock City from the album, like, (laughs) you could just tell it
1: was from the album. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because when it's live, it's not perfect, right? It's no, exactly. Like they're gonna certain, do more riffs. certain lines sound. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And doing the breakdowns, different. they're
0: going to have these long, probably 15, 20-minute breakdowns, you know, where they're just sitting there jamming out or something like that. Yeah. You know, like we were talking about Lenny Kravitz a minute ago, like, you better believe every show he's doing is live because nothing is going to sound like the album. <laughs> and, and that's what a lot of artists used to do back in the day. It's like, oh, don't come here thinking that you're going to hear the, the, the album as is. And you, people will get pissed like, well, man, that's not how it sounds on the album. Yeah, you, he's doing it live. People <laughs> these artists are doing it live. I don't want to, I don't want it sound like the CD. Because otherwise, I could stay at home or stay in my sometimes, car.
1: Sometimes they take it too far, right? Like the Cult. I saw them last year. And, and they're awesome. They sounded, they did the entire Electric album, which is my favorite album by the Cult. They did the yeah. whole thing, start to finish. And then they did a few other songs. But then they, then, then they started doing some of their older tracks. And yes. when it came to a song called Nirvana, I mean, forget about not sounding like the original. This was basically a spoken word. <laughs> now it's like every day – Nirvana, always oh, the same. God. Nirvana, it was, it was just like that. Man. Thanks, thanks you know? a lot, Bob Dylan. I was like, man, what is that,
0: man? That was
1: strange. It's like his, his voice must have just cracked. He's like, well, <laughs> got to go forward with this. But I'll give them credit, man. I mean, the cult were big when I was in high school. I mean, yes. before high school. I remember when they opened up for Billy Idol in 1986. Mm-hmm. And they're still going pretty strong now. I mean, they still sound pretty good. The rocking songs sound good, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's... You have to wonder with some of these but with some of these bands they're, they're still making new music but nobody wants to hear it. Exactly. It's what how demoralizing that is for them where it's like play the old stuff, you know, in the audience and they're like man, I'm tired of playing.
0: You know, so funny. Song. I remember there was a time not too long ago when Prince was saying that he wasn't going to do any more of his older songs he's just only gonna do new songs he got so much backlash from that man <laughs> i'm like dude i don't want to hear that i want to hear purple rain what are you doing i don't yep. care about that song i don't care right, about I'm new power generation a little
1: red corvette anymore it's like well we're not gonna come to your social <laughs>
0: <laughs> no. Tomorrow. did you guys
1: whatever did your you name see
0: is on saturday, saturday night live okay theater? let me say this chris no, was that chris, chris let it. me say this i watched that is it just me or did that seem like the biggest hot mess of a saturday night live episode you've ever seen <laughs> I mean, did you see what Chris Rock— Everything was so off on that show that night. That
2: was, yeah. I thought— Yeah, the way Chris Rock started off, it was—
0: the so best part was his, was his opening routine was the best thing of the whole show. And it yeah. seemed like, and it seemed like Prince just performed and left. He, cause you know, it said at the end, the girls that was in his band, they were there, but Prince wasn't. It's like he performed and said, okay, I'm going home. It was just such yeah. a, it was such a, I don't know, man. It was a weird episode. I don't really watch Saturday Night Live anymore, but I recorded yeah. that just because, you know, everybody made the announcements. Chris Rock and Prince is going to be on there. I'm like, okay, this should be good or it's going to be really bad it seemed yeah. like it's, I don't know man it was just so weird and I was so pissed that I recorded it I was like this is garbage <laughs> I'm like seriously
1: garbage. man honestly I, I I I've never been a fan of SNL in fact I haven't been a fan since Eddie Murphy was on exa- <laughs> well there you go <laughs> it's that's same a long here. time ago <laughs> yeah exactly
0: same here it's <laughs> like it, if nothing I don't know man everything always seems like it's been. they're trying too hard yeah, and it almost seems like they're trying fun. hard to be as good as that season when you had like Eddie Murphy and all those stars yeah. on there and Chevy Chases and all those folks yeah, right. you know they're, it seems like they're trying to recreate it. like look we're just as talented no you're not you so know comedy, like,
1: comedy is very simple right either you're laughing or you're not
0: exactly and man. if you're
1: not laughing then it's not any good or at least you don't think it's any good
0: yeah, yeah. Chris, so chris i just felt like you know i felt like chris rock was surrounded by people who were not up to par to be around him so it seemed like he was trying his best to kind of back off a little bit to try to give these quote-unquote, up-and-coming comics a chance to shine, but they all sucked, which end up sucking for him. It's kind of like these old wrestlers, like Hulk Hogan wrestlers. Now, he's so old and slow. It's like he makes the young <laughs> ones look bad. It's like, dude, you're old and you're making this young dude look old. So just <laughs> yeah. just just retire and stay retired. Don't like a that. UFC fighter who's been in there for yes.
1: too long. Like, <laughs> exactly. Ken Shamrock, right? Like last couple Jesus. of fights were just painful to watch. Yeah, like, man. It was just painful. Yeah. Like, and his knee was gonna buckle and he hasn't even gotten hit yet. You know, it, was, it was it was just the, he just sees the kick coming and his knee already goes out. <laughs> and I was like, man, that is not that that is a young man's sport. Man. Exactly. Someone like Randy Couture is a serious outlier, and even he had lim- Even with his exceptional athleticism, there were limitations where even he realized, you know what? I'm still healthy. I better get out of this thing
0: exactly. while I still. He gave can. a lot yeah. of those guys a false sense of security. Like, well, Randy stayed till he was like 47. Yeah, you're not Randy. <laughs> like, exactly.
2: Like, yeah, it's, I, I hung out with
0: um,
1: Forrest Griffin recently. His yeah. body was so messed up. He was. Oh sh- yeah. Oh yeah. He can't move without saying something hurts. Mm-hmm. He is just poorly... <laughs> yeah he's people don't realize too many
0: wars man action. yeah yeah too many wars
1: i always laugh when someone is watching the workout footage right they're going oh oh man i can lift more than that i was like well these guys aren't weightlifters you fucking idiot <laughs> how many yeah. how many they're, kicks they're, to they're the goal, head can you take though yeah, that's yeah, why they're i'll they're be impressed they're, they're, they're not going to powerlifting competitions <laughs> they're they're getting into strength and conditioning for the purpose of improving their fight game so what if you can lift more weight than if you can lift heavier kettlebells than they can that has that doesn't mean oh. anything in terms of how well you're going to do with them in a. Fight, you're gonna get your ass
0: handed to you, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> so and don't then, kid, don't kid yourself. And that's probably not gonna translate well. Even if you got into a regular street fight, okay? Like, yeah. What are you so gonna I do don't. when you're getting a mugger about to take you out? Like, dude, I can snatch a seventy pound kettlebell hundred times in five minutes. He doesn't give a damn. <laughs> not,
1: yeah, there, there isn't a correlation between. <laughs> how strong you are in the gym and how good of a fighter you are. Exactly. If you're a decent fighter, no doubt being stronger is going to help. So if if you know how to throw a good punch and then you get a lot stronger, yeah, that's definitely going to help. You're going to hit harder. But if you've never thrown a punch before, you have no fighting background, and then you go work out, that's not going to help you become
0: a better fighter. Exactly.
2: (laughs) I think some people that are like work out a lot, almost rely on their strength too much. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that is a weakness. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. weakness. Yeah. You know, well, look yeah. at me. So I'm they, strong. I'm like, no, no, you, you lift weights, okay? Well, and you, George,
1: George St. Pierre always said the better his technique, the less effort he needs to waste. Exactly. I, I always thought that was yes. a very intelligent way to look at it. He goes, the better my technique, the less I need to worry about conditioning and strength and all that stuff. Exactly. Yeah.
2: I, I think this – the strength will just come when you need it. You don't need to like in like wrestling or anything. Like you need to like use it at the right times and not like sometimes if I wrestle with a friend of mine or something like, and they're always, it's like, they're (laughs) always using their muscles. They, they, they're going to gas out.
1: it's got to be explosive wear out or something yeah uh, honestly even with lifting weights you have to know when to relax exactly. My attitude is, if, if you don't need the tense up then don't then why <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. why do it yeah. you know exactly <laughs> so i mean your your body has a a natural gauge on when you need to tighten up when you need the tense up more so if you yes. don't need to don't bother i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do my warm-up weights on the deadlift <laughs> like i do my top weights it's gonna be much more relaxed for obvious yeah, reasons exactly. why waste the energy
2: one one thing i or a lot of things i learned from you mike was before, um, before um, I, I knew what kettlebells were, and before I, I met you, I, I'd gone to the gym and probably like I could even be there for an hour and a half. And after like learning stuff from you, I think I got I got way more out of like 20 minutes just from learning how to do stuff right, right, than than like for being in the gym and. Was, well, my, my, attitude is,
1: my attitude is if you're in there for that long, you're probably not doing something right. <laughs> because right. If a, an effective workout is going to be pretty difficult where honestly around 45 minutes is pretty much the longest I like to go. And if it's an hour would be pushing And I mean, if you're pushing yourself hard, you, you can't, you, you want to get out of there. You're like, man, yeah. I'm done. I did my five major <laughs> exercises. I'm done. Yeah.
2: It, yeah I, I, I liked how you had, uh, like it's kind of always, you're all, your body's always doing some, like if you, when uh like switching between the pulling and pushing exercises or, or upper instead of resting, you're doing like an opposite exercise where I, th- I think that
1: just makes so much more use out of your time. And it, yeah, I always, look, I always look at it as how much can I get done in this time frame? I, was like, I got 45 minutes to get this workout done, so how much can I get done within that 45-minute time frame? And now you're, now you're increasing the intensity and, that just, and that the efficiency does. just by having those time parameters while some people just like to hang out at the gym. They go to the gym, they do a set and then, you know, they go check their hair in the mirror and
0: come back sure. out do another take set. A selfie, see if take, anyone's
1: looking at them. Take yeah.
0: a selfie, put it on Instagram, go back, do another set, take a selfie. So I, get I, a I like
1: working out, but I got other shit to do, man. And I don't <laughs> yeah. want to sit around a gym for 90 minutes or my home gym for two hours. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd rather go do something more fun than that. Get my workout in and then get on with your life.
0: Yeah, definitely. Unfortunately, that's some of these people's lives is to be in the gym, and then they don't have anything else to go home to. (laughs) That's that's the reason why they hang out there so long. Correct. That's where working out actually becomes a detriment
1: because instead of something that actually gives you the courage to improve other facets of your life, now it's an escape from other arenas of your life. go, man, I can't stand my significant other, and I hate my job, but – Got my workouts. So in. That, that's my Feel therapy.
0: Great. That's my therapy, man. <laughs> that's all said.
1: That's. I mean, it's good that you have a positive outlet, but why not use that positive outlet to improve every other facet? You should look at it another way. Going, I was able to take charge of my health, fitness, and strength. That means I can take charge of anything else
0: I want to take charge so of. Like, work on your your mental strength game now. You know, come on. <laughs> and,
1: and
2: and yeah, and, and sometimes like having. Like looking a certain way and being in healthy are
1: two different things, I think. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. You can be like – exactly. You can be – a lot of these fitness competitors who are in magazines are very unhealthy if you look at their internal health. Their internal health, their their blood work. They're like, whoa, what's going on? I mean I used to get shocked initially because I was like everyone else. I would look at someone who – on all, on all superficial levels, looks fit, looks in great shape. And then I was once I started learning about hormonal health, endocrine system health, and I started looking at these different blood markers. I was like, wow, this person mm-hmm. is right. just a total mess, and you would never guess that just looking at them superficially.
2: Definitely. And uh, once th- I
1: remember, you mentioned something about um, like looking at
2: um, endurance athletes, how worn out they look, and it, yeah. it's totally true. Like they they look like they just push themselves way too far. Like they look old, like they all look older than they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's the exercise taken too far is I'm not gonna say it's worse than no exercise, but it's definitely not much better. <laughs> yeah. you're, just <laughs> out, you know, you're just wearing yourself out, man. You're just wearing yourself out out completely. So exercise has to be precise, just like anything else, like medicine, nutrition, et cetera. It has to be precise. Otherwise you're just gonna burn out that candle
0: on both ends. Definitely. So Chris, like, what is your what is your training routine look like these days, man? Me? Yeah.
2: I I I I'm getting like same like kind of amount of time like a few days a week. I, I switch it up, but but just um like a major. I, I pretty much do like one like like a upper body pushing exercise and one pulling one, and and then um, same way with like lower body. I do like squats or sw- in swings
1: mm-hmm.
2: I do. Um, and then, or sometimes I would do pull-ups instead of rows, you know, just, but it pretty simple, like, eh, but, but I mean, always pushing myself, but um, um, it's, I mean, at some points I tried to like, I, I, I wish I would have like, like increased like weights and stuff like that slower than yeah. like a, uh,
1: you know, you know, the thing about increasing weights, what I found is the faster you build the strength, the faster you'll lose it when yeah. <laughs> you have a time off. Man. So, I mean, there's something to be said with it took a long time to build up this lift and you could take two weeks off and you still hold on to it or you lose really? very little of it. Yeah. While sometimes you, you're just, you're like, you go into this phase where you're I, I putting on so much, you're, you're increasing strength, leaps and bounds on a certain exercise, whether it's the bench press or overhead press. And then you take a week off and you lose 20% of it. You're like, man, what the hell happened? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's crazy. So, there's something that we were talking about that before, whether it's business or your career or whatever it is. If you having this slow burn to the top, will allow you to sustain it because I think you learn a lot. You, you, get, you get to dial in those points. Like your body gets used to that. Mm-hmm. Your body's like, okay, we can deadlift 500 pounds now. We've done it for a long time. So, now you're going to hold on to it rather than you went from 400 pounds to 500 pounds and then you had to take some time off from training. And then you're like, man, I'm back to 400 pounds. What happened?
0: Oh, yeah. That, at-
1: that is yeah. disheartening. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> yeah, is. It that's it the is. thing about training is sometimes sometimes it can be really demoralizing where you build up to a certain level of strength and then you lose a lot of it and you're like, "Man, how did this happen?" Yeah. And I always I always tell people when you go through those phases, don't think about what you used to be able to do because mm-hmm. that's going to drive you nuts. You have to focus on where you are right now. Yeah. You know, and then just have patience with it. Enjoy the workouts, enjoy the phase because yeah it can training can be really frustrating i think that's one of the reasons why so many people give up is that they, they put in several months to a year and they make these great changes and then something happens in their life where they need to take some time off and then they jump back in they're like what i can't believe this i'm back to where i started and you'll get it back fast but sometimes psychologically you're defeated when that happens
2: yeah yeah definitely i think i think i when i i, fir- I when i first did the kettlebells i, I I, I think I started with 53 pounds and and I I got like where I could throw them all over the place and then yeah. jumping to the 70 what was it 73
1: is that yeah 70 so it's about 70. It's about 70 everyone always says 72.5 but yeah. it's really it's, it's really 70 pounds yeah. 32 kilos yeah that that like
2: uh like um when I was went to those and then there was a time when when I was I only had those somewhere I was and in like um and I hadn't worked out for like a few months or, or, or maybe not that long, but it was hard
1: to like start back with that weight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You always yeah. want to have those lighter bells for that purpose, man. Exactly. Cause I mean, there've been time, there've been times where I work up the 97 pound bells and I'm throwing them around for every exercise. And then I don't use kettlebells for a while, and obviously I can't jump back in there. So fortunately I have – a lot of times I'll start off with 53s or 62s for a while just to get back in the groove and then gradually work back in, get to the 70s. Sometimes I don't go any heavier than that. But if, if I only had the 97s, that would suck. Because yeah, right. you can't start there again to build back up. No. I mean, if you can't even do anything – I mean, if you're used to pressing it, let's say, three times at your best and then you haven't worked mm-hmm. out in a while, you're not going to be able to press it once. <laughs> yeah. so how, how are you going to build back up with something you can't press once? Yeah, <laughs> you know? and then you just get hurt. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that's, that's a common mistake a lot of us made with kettlebell training is where we, t- we try to get to the heavy weights too fast. Yeah. We yeah. give yeah. our bodies a chance to really adapt to every Absolutely. change
2: and it was a bit i mean what there's there's smaller increments available now huh
0: yeah, they, yeah, they have a bunch dump. in between ones. Yeah, transition bells are now. There, there
1: are. So. Yeah, there are there are many more sizes, but it's also there's also to be said something to be said would just stay with a certain size for a longer period of time.
0: Yeah, you yeah. know what can, can be said about that? that what can be said about that is your pocketbook. Because you start buying all those in between <laughs> yeah. bells, man, and then next thing you know is like, well, crap, because guess what? They're not getting any cheaper, <laughs> you know, anything yeah. like that. It's just like you spend right. a lot of money on these in-between these transition bells, but then once you transition to that next size. Then you kind of going back, like, well, damn, man, I got all this stuff cluttering up my house. I'll become a kettlebell hoarder now. And, <laughs> you know, oh, so it just yeah. becomes this, this thing, man. So I don't know, man. I, there's probably a some reason why. Some people
2: use for some exercises and some, like, and some for others. But I, I, I think at the time, I, 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 um, but, um, that there are 60. 60-whatever-it-was
1: wasn't available. Yeah. You
0: had a yeah. You know, wow. It was
1: 53, so you had to go yeah. to 70s. Yeah, I remember exactly. We, we, were... we, we worked out several times, Chris. Yeah, you, you were using double 70s for swings and front squats and presses. And so forth, so you you're getting really strong with the kettlebells, no doubt, yeah. but but I think I think the mistake people make with kettlebells also is trying to replicate what you would do with a barbell exactly. strength you, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know spend more time building the reps, spend more time getting the technique in spend more time on the conditioning side of things, and don't worry about increasing the weight so much because that was the same mindset I had when I first started kettlebells is I wanted to get to the heaviest weights possible as fast as possible mm-hmm. and the faster you get there, the harder it is going to be – it's going to be to sustain it. Well, if you mm-hmm. take time perfecting the technique with lighter bells, even someone like Valery Fedorinko, right, world-class kettlebell lifter, mm-hmm. he, he, he can lift really heavy kettlebells for all different exercises. But he says most of his workouts, he doesn't use really anything heavier than a 53-pound kettlebell or a 70-pound kettlebell. He just wow. keeps refining those technique, to technique, technique, technique is great. And then when he goes to the heavier bells, it's there.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's smart. That's um, I think um, when I when I started kettlebells, I I started in such the right place because I I um, found you on the internet and and did it right from the very beginning. And um, like after a month, I you know I start to really notice like like my physicality changing. And then oh, yeah. after two months, like people were just like that I knew were like tripped out. Like I was like all like. I, I got like results fat,
1: like yeah. relatively fast. Like, no, you were pretty lean when you were doing Jackass yeah. 2, for example. You know, your physique yeah, had changed I, I, dramatically I, since Jackass 1 and Jackass 2. Oh, yeah.
2: And, and I, I think um, it, it was the consistency that, that was the key. Like, yeah.
1: And that's a good thing for listeners to realize as well is that it's, it's the consistency that pays off. You need to get over the mindset of six week transformation. 12 yeah. a week transformation. <laughs> it's like people what do you think is gonna happen at the end of that twelve week transformation? You don't have to work out ever again?
0: You know, yeah,
1: that that's really the mindset a lot of people have though. Like, how long am I gonna have to do this?
0: Yeah. It's like, well,
1: how long do you want to keep the benefits? Exactly. You know, how long how long do you have to brush your teeth or eat breakfast or sleep eight hours at night? For you sure. know, I always like people with to say that with my testosterone booster, like, you know, how long am I gonna have to take this? I'm like, you take it <laughs> as long as you want the benefits, dumb fuck. That's how long you're gonna yeah. have to take it. You yeah. know, you don't want the benefits anymore, stop taking it. But why why would you think that you can somehow sustain the benefits from using it? For, so you use it for eight weeks
0: and then the benefits are going to
1: sustain for the rest of your life.
0: Especially when you yeah. spent a decade or so getting into that bad state that you were in the first place that you needed right. the, you know, oh, the actual yeah. supplement. Yeah. Like sometimes, <laughs> like you people been <laughs> sometimes, sometimes people so have overweight. Exactly, I said sometimes. people have been – exactly. So you worked it really hard. You, you worked really hard to be a fat fuck. Okay. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you were focused, laser sharp focus, man. <laughs> I mean, you were like, Success. I am going to that drive-through again today. You know, you made <laughs> plans for that. So, what makes you think it's going to be any different when you need to do the opposite to get the opposite results? You know, you need yeah. to still be just as focused, you know, to the point that become you it's an autopilot, you know? It
1: takes a long time for your body to <laughs> get the shock message, right? So, if you've yeah. been overweight for 10 years and then you think you're going to turn that all around in a month? It's just not going to happen. Do the math. Take, that doesn't your work. Body, your body is so used to being somewhere, it's like we want to stay here. This yeah. Is what we're <laughs> He's used like, to. what are you so doing? <laughs> that, it's going to take a shock to the system for consistently for a long time
0: to turn that around until it becomes normal. Okay, so that's the thing, and, and I mean, somebody put up a good little formula the other day. It's like you know, time. Plus consistency equals effortless ease, and that's the thing. The, the key yeah. where people are missing there is consistency. Mm-hmm. You know, there's time. You know, but everybody wants quick time. Okay, 30, Give me thirty days. Thirty pounds. Thirty days. I like that. Right. People yeah, love good. the whole
1: thirty days. <laughs> well, what the hell is thirty days? days?
0: Just, 30 that's days. a freaking month, and it's not even a month. And for at least a few months out of the year, you're still missing a day. Who cares about <laughs> that, man?
2: <laughs> like, I think on. it's it's just got to be a lifestyle, and that's. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, even does. even
1: with I mean, I remember you and I Chris talked about some guys that you knew who you kind of took under your wing trying to help them out. Oh, they would yeah. come to LA and they would stick around for two or three months <laughs> and then they would say, "You know what? It just wasn't meant to be. It just didn't work out." And you're like, "Well, you didn't make it work out." Yeah. You know, you did, you yeah. came here with the mindset of if it doesn't happen in this time frame, I'm leaving. Well, don't yeah. bother coming then. <laughs>
2: if, yeah. If <laughs> yeah. something doesn't go right, are you going to let it dishearten you and and like be afraid to try again? I think some people see failure where others don't like yeah. i mean yeah I, I know like someone like my like yeah if something they go to like you know try to get some job or something and it didn't work out like they really think about it whereas i mean i probably wouldn't have thought about it for a second really like right oh, um you know i probably just wouldn't have hung on to it and like they just really like hang on to like they're afraid of of failing yeah, so they much. They and, absorb right. it,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah. And, they, they look <laughs> at it as, they look at it as a, a permanent roadblock as opposed to an obstacle you can overcome.
2: Yeah.
1: So here's, this didn't work out. Okay. You're just going to give up completely? You move on to another strategy. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah, completely. And yeah, just keep, yeah. And, and it's like next. OK, Ch- you know, challenge on. OK, what? Why didn't that happen for me? That's, and that's the right. thing. They don't ask the right question. They just assume, like, well, obviously, I'm not good enough for this. I suck at this. <laughs> you know, let me after yeah. one time. It's like, no, dude, figure out why. You know, and in fact, even in those interviews, I ask like, OK, you know, why? You know, wh- what was missing? You know, what could have yeah. been better that you yeah. didn't choose me? Well, you know, you lack this, this and this. And a lot of times they will tell you, if you go back and get this, this and this, then come back to us and let's just see where we are. But a lot of times, people just accept no for an answer, and they don't want to ask any questions. You yeah. know, Figure out why. I like, okay, why not? You know, I'm pretty. Or they blame it on, on <laughs> oh, they didn't
2: know the right person, or they just right. some external thing exactly. where, where there's no reason to blame any any. Like it's, it's. I don't know. It. it they just want to give every reason in the world for
1: they don't. They don't want to invest like anything in making it happen.
0: Right. Uh, exactly. Right.
1: Well, I mean, I think what, I think it really comes down to a simple explanation. You just didn't you mm-hmm. didn't really you didn't really care about achieving the goal ultimately. Yeah. But people are always like, you know, what what I need this motivation or I need that or this and so forth. It's like, look, you either care about achieving something or you don't. Yeah. And if you don't really care about it, you're gonna give up pretty easily exactly. because you're gonna you're gonna realize that. But if it's something you really wanna make happen, you're gonna persevere through those obstacles. Yeah, you, won't,
0: and- <laughs> you won't take no for an answer, trust me. You're like, nah, man, I, I have to do this. And that's what's oh, interesting yeah. with so many people these days that most people are not feeling like they have to do that. Right. No, nothing is getting them that woody in the morning. Like, okay, dude, I, I have to make, <laughs> you know, okay. nothing literally or exactly. Just walk, <laughs> they're walking through life. Flaccid. I mean, what do you expect? <laughs> and then, um uh, some of the motivations are wrong. To,
2: to, like what, whatever's driving you, whichever, whatever it is, like so, sometimes it, it's gotta be, I, I think I, I, I think some people are, I, they don't even know what, what's driving them to do it or, or even if they want to.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's just someone else that's, they, they, so for example, someone may see you, Chris, and go, wow, that looks like fun. I want to do that. But they don't really want to do it. They just yeah. see you doing it. And they're seeing you now.
0: Not all the years did that you, you put, put in, in to get
1: to now. You, but, you know? so are
0: you willing to sleep in your car to get here? No, nah, man. No, I'm having fun. Yeah. Look, man, I got a good right here in my mom's house in the basement. <laughs> Why the hell would I want to go sleep yeah. in a car? <laughs> yeah,
1: completely. They don't,
2: we got you know, free cable here. She makes me breakfast every come on, morning. man.
0: They, they, they don't want
2: to. Yeah, they're not willing
1: to like – it's, that's always a good question it's like well look are you willing to sleep in your car to get this done uh yeah. next <laughs> on, i don't even yeah, have a car man what no do it. Do You willing to sleep on the bus in a box <laughs> exactly. at the homeless shelter you know are you even yeah the,
0: are you willing to take the bus to this audition or this job interview every day two hours on the bus going back and forth are you willing to do that no why would yeah. i want to do that
1: <laughs> when you look at what so many other people have to do in other parts of the world to get
0: what I we take for
1: granted done. It's kind of laughable when someone talks about their hardships. It's they're they're living in a nice home, they've got food coming in all day, they've got clothes in their back and they're going this is so hard. I go yes. hard is is being poor in India where you yeah. have no clothes, you have no support system and and you're socially shunned by <laughs> by the masses. You know that's hard to get it's out so of. so insane. But in, but in America, it's, it's, it's really – I mean I'm not saying that there aren't people that are in really bad situations in yeah. America. There, they are, there are no doubt about it, but it's all real – it's really relative when you think about it. When you it look is, at some of the suffering right. of people in impoverished nations, it really like, puts in perspective. They don't even have a shirt.
0: Yeah, exactly. They're they're waiting. They're waiting for the next NBA finals. So the loser can send the shirts over to their country so they can wear the loser's shirt. (laughs) (laughs) You know, exactly. They're waiting for that every year. You know, whereas you're bitching and complaining like I don't want to wear this. This is this one out of style last year. I don't want to wear Ed Hardy shirt anymore.
1: (laughs) There are are people (laughs) in villages where the big project when they wake up is getting water for the day.
0: Exactly. And there's a miles get water and they send the children. Four-year-olds and six-year-olds have to walk and go get water for the family. And the water's not even that great. It's brown. But, you know, yeah. they're happy about that. And they come back. So they're doing about a 10-mile hike every day just to have water. And you're too lazy to go downstairs and get your own glass. And you're like, <laughs> I don't feel like going down there and getting a drink of water. Get <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the hell out of here, man.
1: <laughs> I know. Just, just these. No, it, it really it – really, I, I think that's the problem also is that – We've just become a lot softer as a nation. And also there's this real attack on masculinity that really pisses me off, man. So anytime someone has aggression, which our show, Live Life Aggressively Show, it's about moving forward with strong purpose. It's not 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 about going out there. Yeah, it's not about going out there and being a bully or a prick to somebody or getting into fights unnecessarily. It's not about stupidity like that, but it's about taking charge of your life in a very forthright manner, not being being passive about it. But nowadays, when, when a kid has too much Energy, which I think I don't think there's such a thing as too much energy. No. That, that's a good thing. Just make them go run around the block. I'm about to, I was like, you give me a kid, man, I'll get rid hey, of that excess energy in no time. You, as the a no parent,
0: too much energy is a great thing because that means going to be a lot more sleep later on that night. So that means they're not going to be up in the middle of the night. They're going to be tired. And they're going to be. I, I love it when my nieces are running around. I'm like, yeah, just get amped up, yeah, because you're yeah. going to be sleeping well. No, my the,
1: dog, my dog Rover, had too much energy, quote unquote, <laughs> when I first got him, and yeah. I, I go, this is not going to be a problem. I just went sprinting hard with him it was great for me too we just did hard sprints every day and that would wear him out he'd be sleeping like what sincere said he'd be sleeping (laughs) like a baby that night exactly
0: that's
1: that's a positive thing man it means he's healthy what do you want him to be lackadaisical lazy
0: all day long that's that's the new normal now it's like you know you shouldn't as soon as the kids are bouncing around with sit down sit down be quiet be quiet sit down like no let him let him yeah. express himself, man. That's the problem. We have too many brain dead children walking around here as it is. They've oh, been yeah. muffled and they've been stifled and they've been held prisoner, not being able to move, in shackle without chains. You know. And yes. guess what? They're going to become adults who are going to behave the exact same way. It's well, gonna- they have
1: bad role models too, man. You know, <laughs> well, you're a great yeah. role model since you're, you're you're a fit, healthy guy, and you got you got a good mindset. So you're a great role model. But a <laughs> lot of parents are they're not good role models at all in terms of fitness. They may be good parents in terms of loving their kids, but in terms of of putting together a role model model of fitness it's not there and then a lot of people who are adults don't think that they should be excited about anything anymore it's like i'm an adult now so that's getting excited about stuff is for kids at least i have a job
0: (laughs) you know at least i have a job and everything you know it could be worse yeah and it could be better
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like, someone was, I always you're like you know i'm 40 now i'm like 40 the
0: fuck does that mean i'm 41 i still <laughs> dude, work out i'm 42 hard. and uh, f you yeah. dude i'm, t- I'm not he trying was to like, i'm 40
1: right now. now i've got you know so i got joint pain i was like you shouldn't have joint pain at 40 the only <laughs> reason you have joint pain is because you have a crappy diet you've lived an unhealthy lifestyle yeah. for a long time and now
0: you're paying the consequences of that you're not doing so, anything I mean, with those joints they're just sitting there yeah. rusting i said you but, ever watch the wizard of oz <laughs> okay so, <laughs> you ever watched the tin man there's a reason why he all creaky and like that man come on
2: (laughs) it's so relative like (laughs) i i remember being like in my teens in like guys that were in their 20s skateboarding like like that weren't really skaters but they kind of were and being like oh my joints when you get older your joints hurt but like they're so full of it like (laughs) it's it's just you're either alive or you're dead and that's all that matters And, you know,
0: I still have my friend who's like to this day when we first met, he was a skater. And this dude's like 42 now and he still skates. You know, you have Mm -hmm. someone like, yeah, Tony Hawk's not competing or anything like that. He's still skating and he's no spring chicken. Okay, you know, yeah, you have someone like Steve Maxwell
1: is in his 60s who was in great shape still filming yeah. videos, traveling around the world, teaching, still competes in jiu
0: Still has that yeah. thirst for
1: life, you know? He's yes. still, like, yeah. still, still excited
0: about life. And then you that's got some it. 25-year-old, or, or, or excuse me, a 27-year-old that's getting close to 30, which is three years away, and they're like, man, I don't, I don't know, man. When I get to 30, man, it just seems like, thir- what? It seems like what? It seems like you're going to be 30. That's all it's going to be. Okay? It's not going to get any worse, okay? In fact, that's you should what, be happy.
2: I, I think that's what makes people old is when they lose that –
1: thing that kids have, like just that. Yes. That That curiosity, man, that energy for life. Just yeah. just having fun too. Like I love exactly. going to concerts still because I don't want to be that person who's sitting around on a Friday night watching TV all night. It's like I'm gonna go out and have some fun, man. Doesn't mean yeah. I'm gonna go out and get blasted, but
0: I'm gonna so go that's out and have not fun, time. and that's yeah, not exactly. fun. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's, and that's that really fun. not fun at 42. <laughs> I can see that right now. <laughs> no, I'll be hungover <laughs> yeah. for a month. Oh, those hangovers don't, they, they, they they tend to sleep over. Okay, <laughs> they don't know how to go home. Like, okay, enough <laughs> uh, with the hangover. I'll be a hungover. I'll be hungover for a year. <laughs> exactly. Honest,
1: forget <laughs> it. It's not especially as when you when your diet is really clean and your body's not used. That after, alcohol is
0: pure by that time. It gets right. The, more you, the more
1: you don't do that, the the worse it affects. Oh my god! Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it really does, man. But you know, it's true, man. You need to get out there and have fun. You need to get out there and still do things you did when you were younger, because otherwise, you're going to get older faster. You're, you're going to yeah. develop. It's and it's really it's because of the mindset more than anything else. Yeah, it is. Like, well, I'm too old for that now. <laughs> <Well>, yeah, <laughs> you are. For more. It's like, like you are <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Come I still have that of curiosity, and I'm not giving it up. You know, so I said, yeah. you know, being an adult sucks. <laughs> you know, my thing is. Some
2: of, yeah, it does. It it's just like,
0: sucks. It, they, it's like they're lying to you when they say, oh, wait till you grow up. You can't wait. You know, when I, you can't wait till you grow up, I can wait. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a difference between being a grown up and being responsible. I can be responsible still have a child's mindset as far as that curiosity for life and that energy. You know, not being childish. You know, you can be childlike, but not be childish. And thats I think that's where people end up losing it right there. They think like, yeah. well, if I sit there and think about having fun, you know, that's not being responsible. The hell is not.
1: And then <laughs> that breeds a lot of. A, a lot of overcompensation right which yeah. is why a lot of these corporate guys when they come to vegas what do they do they go to industrial <laughs> boulevard where all the strip clubs are yeah and they're not even getting lap dances they're just talking to these girls like they're therapists about all their problems <laughs> yeah <completely. laughs> the reason why i know this is because the girls have told me that I'm friends <laughs> totally. from but i mean it's and I'm not saying going to strip clubs is a good or bad thing. If it if it's fun for you, cool. But they're not going for fun. They're going because they have this compulsive desire to overcompensate for the rest of their life, and that's not healthy.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: It's
0: like, yeah, and I, I don't know
2: if, there, if some people are searching for like a feeling of completeness or like through like getting like the right couch and the right. Just, it's <laughs> yeah. like
0: it's no, it's gonna, true. It's never going to work. You can you it's, can you can get all the stuff you want. That's the problem. But yeah. the thing is, it's experiences that's going to make you feel like you're alive, man. And yeah. going out and buying an expensive car or a couch, yeah, okay, you know, it may, that, that experience might last all of two seconds. But once you get it, you're just like, okay, now what? Okay. Yeah, and then they, have to, they to have to buy, move on to the yeah. next extreme thing. Like, okay, now that I have this $100,000 exactly. car, I'm going to just sit here and just go burning down the strip and see if I can get yeah. through the strip without hitting a car and blah, blah. <laughs> so you start putting other people yeah. at risk so because you, yeah. you're trying to find some type of excitement in your life.
1: Well, yeah. you're, you're, I mean, we're all dopamine organisms, right? Yeah. The
0: neuro, neurochemical
1: dopamine is what makes us want to go out there and get a reward, whether it's gambling or making money or working out. So we're all dopamine-driven creatures. The problem is, is that when you're, you're overly reliant on that dopamine kick, it's like what Sincere said. Now you have to keep upping
0: the ante to get the same payoff. For sure, guess what? And you're that's no different than a crackhead now. You, come on, I just want to get that little twenty-minute high and they want another I'm rock. Good.
1: Guess exactly. what? You're the
0: same way. You, you become that, that that dopamine junkie, like okay now
1: you're taking your life savings and putting it on a chip at the roulette table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Cause there's because, a thrill in doing it there's a risk yeah, exactly. in doing
0: that. But then when you lose it, like, wait a minute, I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> you mean I have to go home with this? I have to go home and tell my wife that I just lost everything? Like, wait a minute, you want yeah. excitement? That's gonna be exciting when you tell her that you just lost the house. There's yeah, some man. excitement oh, yeah. in that because she's probably gonna kill you. <laughs>
2: Sometimes I, I don't know if there, there's a part of people's minds that almost want to
0: destroy what they create. It dream. is. Yeah. Well, a lot of times it is, man. A lot of and, times
1: people are people are very self-destructive for a lot of yeah. reasons. I mean, we could talk for
0: hours. Oh, yeah. That's a whole different show, right there, man. Yeah,
1: but I mean, I think some people they get success and somehow they don't feel like they deserved it. And exactly. that probably goes back to something, some childhood trauma yep. that hasn't the been backstory. resolved yet. Yeah, exactly. What's
0: the backstory on that? But now I, I they're never... trying to
1: purposely <laughs> screw themselves over. You
0: mm-hmm. know? So yeah, I, I,
1: I did notice that like before, um,
2: I, I got any success with what I do. So many people like, just like cursed my lifestyle, like, or, or you know, or my, my dreams or whatever, you know, like, you can't do this. You have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> this is the way like, and I met a guy that um, uh, fr- became a good friend of mine that basically like made me b- just realize that you can do anything in the world you want to. And like it, it you don't have to like take the route. And it, it's, it's really,
1: I think you can do anything and it's just, I, I think yeah, those, that don't those, kind of role model, those kind of role models models are so invaluable. You know, having it something is. like what you said because because we all get inundated with that. Get a job, play it safe. You you can't do this, that's not gonna work. You know, we have so many people. That's I mean, I don't practical. have people. Like, I don't have people like that in my life anymore because I won't no. let them in. No. You know, someone, don't even. Don't ever tell me what I can or can't do. You know, someone who tries to come at me like that, you're going to yeah, be told. That to won't fuck I
0: don't know, Mike. Yeah, that you're going to be told the to
1: fuck off real fast because I don't <laughs> I need mean, to yeah. hear that crap. Yeah, I want like, to be around people that are doing incredible stuff. Where it's. Yeah. Like, where and where I you, talk I talk to sincerely and I hear his enthusiasm, that increases my enthusiasm. You know, we talk to someone like you, it does it does the same thing. So it should be synergistic rather than. And you, know, you also don't want to be the one guy you – you don't want to be the one guy out of people in your personal sphere that's actually making stuff happen and everyone else is trying to feed off your energy. That's yeah, also – the
0: dis- co-tailers, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, man, that's why we I like call Mike
1: to feel – I'll feel better. Like, exactly. I'm not, not going to give you the same advice 10 different ways. Exactly. You know, yeah. Take the advice and go apply it, then come back. <laughs> yeah, come on, give me exactly. a progress
0: report, they, OK? Don't come back until you've done really something with com-
1: it. Have someone to complain. I don't know. It's weird. Like, yeah, they don't
2: really want to make it better exactly applying it is it takes a while to figure that out with a person sometimes too
1: some people get a real kickoff from complaining and when they realize that you'll give them attention for them to vent out their complaining now it becomes even worse now they realize okay every time i complain so and so gives me attention so this is what i'm going to do i'm I'm just going to keep complaining because i keep getting what i want
2: yeah definitely like i i also like uh with people like you know like condemning like or taking people's energy or saying you can't do this i re- i remember like always hearing like consequences or you're gonna be you you're just gonna end up on the streets or like <laughs> yeah. if you don't like fear do this this and this to like have a good job like you, you know like i don't think that's what's going to happen if you're motivated towards something it's not like my, you know, my dreams to live in an alley. Like, it's like if you have a dream, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to
1: end it. You'll find you'll find a way to make it work. Exactly. Yeah. You're not going to you're not you going to be someone. I don't I don't like all that fear based language either. So much fear like If you don't do this, th- th- that's not going to work out. You're going to end up here and this. It's like, what are you, Nostradamus? <laughs> you're, exactly. you're, you've got some crystal ball. You're telling me what's going to happen. Thanks, Carnac. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I look, Mrs. Cleo. So keep your advice to yourself. Right? It's always because
2: to make them feel better about not, <laughs> Absolutely. Like, not doing it themselves. Like, there's oh, no, I have there's nothing,
1: with, oh. Yeah, There's nothing people who don't take charge of their lives – hate more than is people who do take charge of their lives. Oh, but, yeah. but I always say people, I always tell people like people like us, why do we even know anyone like that? You know, I, I won't let people like that no. near me. They're not going to be my friends or oh, my, no, even my no, acquaintances. No. When, I, when I see that someone is like that, first of all, they're not going to want to hang around me because it's going to piss them off. You know, yeah. And I'm not going to want to hang around them because they're going to piss me off. You know, So there, there's really nothing to build a friendship upon. Yeah. But, but you, but you, you do have to be. Sometimes, sometimes people come off like they're success driven, and when you get to know them, it's all talk. And then you have to cut yeah. them out of your life. So sometimes people infiltrate your inner circle bec- under false pretenses, and then once you realize what the real story is, you're like, okay, time to, yeah. clean, time to cut clean at this person. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's yeah. Sometimes it takes a while to, to figure out out of, of certain people, and God, you wish you never met. But I mean, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah to a certain point, yeah, I. It's it's awesome not knowing anyone like that anymore, but I, I definitely remember them
1: from a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, hey man, we know you're busy. You got to get going. Thanks for spending so much time with us. And what's where can people find out more about what you have going on in the pipeline now? I've got. I just started doing a
2: proper Facebook and um, and I got an Instagram. Look up Gorilla Flicks. Um, I think it's Gorilla Flix. Just Google Gorilla Flix, and that's like. <laughs> Our, our production company. And oh, okay. Cool. And it, we just are starting to build like a website and it keeps everyone up to date with like jackass type stuff and whatever we're doing. And, uh, the Facebook is just type in Chris Ponyas and you'll find it. And as long as I'm doing stuff, you'll know about it.
1: <laughs> are, you on, are you on Twitter as well?
2: I'm not, but I, I try. will will might set that up this week too. I'm, I'm kind of like building that like right now, the Facebook stuff and the Instagram stuff is, is going up pretty quick. Cool. Okay. Or it's there. So anyway, awesome. Thanks for having me. It's awesome talking to you guys, well, and it's awesome to catch up, Mike.
1: Yeah, man. And, we'll and, definitely uh, we'll definitely talk again soon. Let me know what your what your schedule is like later this week. We can chat and
2: I know. Up and yeah, yeah, it's been about.
1: yeah, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a long time, man. Next time I'm in L.A., I'll definitely hit you up. If you're ever in Las Vegas, definitely hit me up.
2: For sure. Awesome. Cool. I talk to you soon. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks, Chris. Take care, guys. Take
1: care, buddy. And that's Chris Pontius, our jackass friend. So then you guys should be motivated. A lot of you guys who are just natural jackasses should be motivated by his example (laughs) of success. Now – you don't always want to be a jackass. And for example, not giving us a, a good review. You know, you've been listening to the show since episode one. You've never given us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. That's not the kind of jackass you want to be. Not using coupon code LLA to support our businesses. Don't be that kind of jackass. So use that coupon code LLA to get 10% off anything I carry my supplements, my t shirts, my videos, my ebooks, the whole surbang. The uh, Ken Blackburn edible underwear that is sold
0: out. Sorry. So you're going to yeah. have to. It's out, of, it's out of stock, and we don't know when there will be any more. Rick Bradley
1: just bought all the inventory. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to our friend Rick Bradley. He just wiped out that whole inventory. So uh, I'm sure he'll be posting about what he has plans to do with that. But uh, what can they get with your stuff? What can they use that coupon code with hey man, that look, at your site, website, man?
0: On just like on your site, anything that you can buy, you can use that code. So here's the thing. Two websites, one code warrior <laughs> newwarriortraining.com, coupon code LLA works on both. Reviews, iTunes, Stitcher, it works on those as far as reviews. Share it, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, all those. That's for social media. Find one of those things. Make it happen. And therefore, you don't have to be a jackass unless you're going to get paid to be a jackass and still share it, <laughs> and still do those things. <laughs> okay? So there you yeah, go, folks. and then folks. you
1: get to realize Chris is a cool jackass, too. <laughs> He's a, a
0: professional jackass. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. He's a nice jackass. <laughs> that makes all the He's difference. He's a
0: jackass by trade. Some of you are just acting like amateur jackasses. Get paid, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right, everybody. Have a just good wrap one. Wrap it up. Take it easy, folks.